Welcome to the Membership Guys podcast. Kick-ass advice and tips for membership site owners. What's up, everyone? Thanks for downloading episode 48 of the Membership Guys podcast. I am your host, Mike Morrison, and this is an epic show. It's an awesome show for two reasons. The first of which is we have a fantastic guest joining us on the show, and I'll tell you a little bit about her in just a moment. But the second reason is that today, the day of the podcast being released, Wednesday the 8th of June, it is, in fact, my birthday. So if you're listening to this on the day that this episode comes out, so that's June 8th, tweet me at Membership Guys, wish me a happy birthday, and make me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Uh, but enough of that. I want to tell you a little bit about today's interview guest. She is a goddess in the world of video marketing. She has a total no-nonsense, no-fuss, no-dicking-around approach to how to use video as a way of building authority. And that's something that we, as membership site owners, a lot of us, what we're trying to do is build our memberships around us being the go-to people within our market, within our industry. So Amy Schmittauer from SavvySexySocial.com, who has built a huge audience for her own YouTube channel and her own business. She coaches, she keynotes around the world. She runs a membership of her own. Her particular focus is on building brand authority using video. So it's a perfect fit for what a lot of us are trying to do. Really enjoyed getting the chance to chat to her. I actually just saw her this weekend at the Content Marketing Academy Conference up in Edinburgh. It was the first time I've had a chance to see her keynote and to meet her in person. Uh, we actually, she was keynoting at Social Media Marketing World, which we went to in March of this year, but I lost the coin toss when it came to deciding which of us would actually go along to that. So it was great to be able to actually see her keynote. It was a fantastic session, and I know she motivated a lot of people in the room to get out there and start creating videos. And hopefully, when you listen to our interview, when you hear the tips and the advice and the insight Amy gives, she'll motivate a lot of you guys to start using video for your own business too. Or for those of you who are already using it, she'll show you how you can actually improve it and make sure that your videos are more effective for building your brand and building your authority. So it's a great interview, lots of actionable stuff, lots of takeaways. I'm going to jump right now into my talk with Amy Schmittauer. All right, guys, on today's show, I am joined by the queen of video marketing and founder of SavvySexySocial.com. You have no idea how worried I was about getting those three words in the wrong order. The one and only Amy Schmidt, our Amy, thanks for coming on the show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Mike. I'm so proud of you for getting those words in the right order. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I did I did worry that, or I did think I should be worried about the pronunciation of the name, you know, it's mm -hmm. but I just kind of think Schmidtauer, Jack Bauer, same kind oh, of thing. That's my... I like that. I should start saying that. Yeah, there we go. So we start seeing a little countdown clock with the dunk, 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 dunk <laughs> on your videos. That's that's me, guys. That's me, video marketing genius. I like it. Now, <laughs> now I'm really excited to have you on the show because the other half, she was here the better half of the membership guys, Callie Willows. She came along to your session at Social Media Marketing World. Oh, and now yeah, now she's all ramped up. She's all excited to start really working video into our marketing. So pretty soon 
we're going to be drowning in tripods and diva lights, <laughs> yeah. whatever the hell they are. Oh, <laughs> um, I love it. So it's perfect timing. And I want to start off by talking about video marketing in terms of the bigger picture of how it fits into building authority, growing your brand. Because people are being told to do that. They need to blog, they need a podcast, they need to do video, webinars, Facebook ads. They've got to be on Snapchat, you've got to be on Facebook Live. And I think some people feel they need to do all of the things. Mm-hmm. Where does video fit? Who should be doing it? Is it for everyone? Well, it would be pretty significant for me to say that it is for everyone. I think you have to consider it this way. The reason why everybody has such a hard time with all of the things and wants to do all of the things is because we just, we really do. We want to do all the things, but you can't really do all of the things well. You can only do a, a few things really awesome so that you are memorable. And one medium that is very memorable is video. So although video may not be for everyone, ideally it would be because it can be the most impactful way to connect with your audience because it's not you in person, but it looks like you and it sounds like you. And that's an incredible impact that you can have. Now, that being said, there is an element of video that is difficult and that is just being yourself. If you can't get outside of that and thinking about, oh man, ooh, I'm talking to a camera. You know, I actually posted on my blog today about this idea of video stage fright because people are talking to a camera. That's a big concept if you don't think bigger than it. It can really overwhelm you. And so although video should be for everyone, it won't be because there will be people that cannot think bigger than the camera that's in front of them. And if you don't, you'll be terrible, which means it's not for you. So if you have to really get focused around getting better, and that means trying, practicing, and getting past the fact that you're talking to a device and that you are actually talking to the vehicle of your message to an audience, to a person that's leaning into you and saying, I want to know what you have to tell me. So how do you get over that initial hump of not just kind of getting used to the fact that you're, you're talking to a device, you don't have people in front of you. So maybe it doesn't feel quite as natural or or organic and also kind of worrying about do I need, should I have gone and got my hair did before we do this? You know, is the lighting right or try trying to get everything perfect? How do you get past that and kind of get over yourself? Is it just time and practice or do you have any, you know, little tricks and little tips people can use? It's not just practice, although practice is extremely important. We can practice something over and over and over and over again and not know why and not really understand that vision. And although we're practicing and we might be getting better, we're not getting exponentially better because we don't see how this is really going to have the impact for us. So I think that the first really big hump that you have to get over is believing in your message so much that you will do what it takes when that burn inside of you to get it out, you know, should happen. You, you'll do what it takes to get that to happen. And so when, yeah. I, for instance, at the beginning, you know, ask my mother. She she still to this day cannot believe what I do for a living. She's <laughs> she's like, I can't find any pictures of you as a kid because you keep throwing them out, and it, it, there aren't any you, really anyway. I, I I wasn't a camera person. I wasn't a ham. I wasn't a performer. 
And it really came down to, I was inspired by the editing process. That's it. That's the nerdy side of it. But then when it came time for me to need footage to edit and it had to be me on camera, there was time where that was crappy and awkward. And Mm. you just have to remember who it is you're speaking to and what it is they want and believing in that message so much and knowing that they have to have it. And the most important thing is that they do get that message. That's what gets you better on camera. You're looking at it like it's a person and not a device. And that's, it's that mindset shift. That's it. If you don't believe in your message, if you don't believe in why you're doing what you're doing, not the video aspect of it, but the actual purpose of the overall then you're not going to get better on video, just like you're not going to get better at tweeting or talking to people in real life about it. Yeah, and do you think people overthink this stuff? Do you think there's there's too much kind of emphasis on on thinking that if you're doing video, you need to be funny or interesting or that that kind of famous thing of we need this to go viral? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and And back to your other point of lighting and camera and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, people do overthink that, but... My concern is less about that. I wish somebody would come to me and say, I have made a hundred videos. I've been working so hard and I'd really like to know what you think I should upgrade in camera to. And that would be the dream scenario because you've proven that you actually need a better camera because you execute and it's paining you to use your smartphone or whatever it is that you're using. But most of the time people are bringing these things to the table like equipment and all these other barriers of, oh, I'm not funny enough. I don't have a good enough personality. They're bringing that to to light because they're afraid to get started in the first place. They're afraid for it to be a little crappy at the beginning. And when the number one video platform on the planet is YouTube, home of the cat videos, it really just shouldn't (laughs) be that way. So for someone who is listening to this episode who kind of thinks, okay, I get that. I get that mindset. I'm going to get me some of that video goodness. (laughs) <laughs> what should what should this start with? What's the first thing? What are your tips for for jumping into video marketing? I think you pull out your smartphone and start talking and it's something that especially if it's something that you feel like you're talking about every day because yeah. that's something you know really really well that is just something you could ha- say it in your sleep. You might even say it in your sleep that's what you should put on video. Because if someone's asking you a question and you get that question a lot, or you have a specific expertise that people are constantly like, that's so interesting. Tell me more about this. Or you have an incredible story that you've never told before because there's never just been a good time to tell it. It never made sense to tell it. There was never the right audience to tell it. That thing that you could easily just ramble on about for two to three minutes without feeling like you're struggling to find the words, like you really know it, that's what you do. Pull the the phone out and just talk and look at the lens because ideally it's going to be something you're happy with and you will upload. You're not going to be super happy with it because it's your first video or it's your first video in a long time or your first video in this context, but just make something because people that do get into the frame of mind, I'm like, okay, it's time to execute. Ready, set, go. Go means let's get a studio or let's set up my uh, my office so that it's just right or let's get a diva light or let's get a... If you even wait for that, you're just making excuses. And yeah. so we have this incredible computer sitting in our pocket that we don't even make a question 
possible if the dog rolls over or our child is walking for the first time. You pull that phone out and you turn the <laughs> camera on because something is happening. You speaking and sharing your message is the same thing as a gorilla running through the downtown neighborhood. <laughs> you take the camera out when something is happening and your message is just as important as any of those things and it should be as natural for you to do that. If you can't do that for your first video, it's going to be very hard for you to execute on any other level of video. One thing that I've seen come up within our own community when we've been talking about getting into video and using your video as a way of particularly building authority mm-hmm is people get worried that their topic is just a bit too ordinary. It's a bit too plain. Mm. So if you're a musician or a performer or, you know, you've got something fancy going on, then getting that onto video is kind of natural. But how do you make accountancy or bookkeeping or something like that? How do you make that more interesting? Or is that asking the wrong question? It's, um, I don't think it's asking the wrong question. It's more just how you think about it. If you want to make something more interesting, you just need to know your audience better. So if you, if you want to make bookkeeping more interesting, you need to think about the people that you are trying to get hire that bookkeeper and what are, what are their problems? Their problems may or may not have anything to do with numbers at all. Uh, for instance, I, this is just, this is an example of an app, but in 2010, I, it was 2010 or 2011. It was probably 2011. I thought I probably need bookkeeping software cause I'm starting a business. And I went and I tried fresh books and I thought it was a nightmare and I just <laughs> hated it. And it kind of was, it was a little early, not too early in the days of FreshBooks, but it was early for the sake of, you know, usability. And I remember in 2012 giving my spreadsheets and receipts and just a nightmare folder to my accountant. And he was like, I don't understand how you do what you do for a living. And this is how you're (laughs) handing me your financial information. And he's like, have you tried FreshBooks? And I was just like, yeah, I think I tried it once and I hated it. And he's like, go check it out. All of a sudden I go back and it's a dream come true. So, but if you think about bookkeeper or bookkeeping or accounting software or anything during that time of 2011 to 2012, I was just thinking, oh no, I'll just do a spreadsheet. It's totally fine. I'm not even thinking about numbers being the problem. I didn't even know until my accountant was like, Amy, come on now, you got to fix this. You have to remember that my problem may not be your immediate uh, solution with your product. It could be something completely different. So if you're targeting a small business who needs your bookkeeping services, then what else am I losing sleep over that you can help tap into? So you're not limiting yourself to simply the financial conversation. That's just one example. If you don't want to do that, you could still try to help me in any financial way possible, but you have to create content that I'm actually thinking about. Because if you create content around your product, you're not going to get through to me because I've already decided I don't like bookkeeping software or bookkeepers of any kind because I'm too concerned about whether or not it's going to work for me. So I'm just going to be thinking about all the things I do care about, like blogging and Twitter and all these other fun things that are working for me in small business. So if you want to get in front of me, you got to give me that advice. So the only way to make your business more interesting on video or in any capacity. Just imagine all the boring businesses thinking about Snapchat right now. I just, I feel your pain, right? Because (laughs) this is a very casual, no bells and whistles, except for some emojis and weird filters and lenses. 
and you have to be interesting enough that people will watch your story. You really have to know somebody. Psychology is a big deal here if they're going to pay attention. You have to go to their level of understanding. And that may not be your product for a few levels of getting to know your brand. So for that kind of entry level of, of tapping into who your audience is, what they're thinking about, what they're worried about, in terms of the format of video and content of video, is there a kind of a low-hanging fruit where you can kind of say to pretty much anyone who just wants to get those first few videos out and get momentum, go off and answer some questions or go off and talk about the first five things that come to mind about your your area? Is a, there a, almost a one-size-fits-all kind of approach someone can take for the first few videos, do you think? I think yes. Uh, the actual content, of course, will be specialized to you. But if you think about the buzzfeeds of our day and why they're successful, it's because yeah. it's very bite-sized. So I would consider that. So listicles, any 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 posts about that have a list tend to do really well. The top five on on YouTube are running rampant. So that that's <laughs> always a good thing. And answering questions. And what's interesting to me is actually seeing how much traction I get answering a question in video form and phrasing the title as a question because right. it almost looks like I'm asking my audience. So, so for instance, so this, and it's super meta for me, I'm posting <laughs> on YouTube about YouTube. So the question will be, how do I get more subscribers? Question mark. And if I put that as the title of my video, that gets a lot of attention because people are like, oh, is Amy asking for more subscribers? <laughs> and then you go and I'm just talking about in general, somebody asking me, how do I get more subscribers? And I'm like, okay, I'll tell you, you know, some of the things that have worked for me to get to where I am at this point. But that's also a very popular question because it's a very meta question. But I do think answering anything that you get often and not discounting it. I think that's the biggest thing that people will run into is they want the quick fix of what their content should be. And I'm telling you what it is. But the same person that's asking might next say, oh, I'm not going to answer that because so many people already have or you mm. could just Google it or everyone knows that. And this is the really interesting thing is I just came out with a product that suddenly just dawned on me because people are still asking me the same questions today in 2016 as I was asking in 2009 to veteran right. YouTubers. And when you think about the fact that people are still asking, why? Because they chose you. They chose you for their question. They didn't choose Google. Although many times I want to reply to people like, there's this website, it's called, let me Google that for you. It's like, no, just go Google it. Like, <laughs> why are you asking me this question when you could find it out? They chose me. They So use that as an opportunity to answer it. Because if, if you're going to say, oh, they could just Google it, create content, scale the impact that it's going to have. And then guess what? Somebody else is going to Google it and they're going to find you. So that's really what I would say to anyone, especially when I said, you know, when you're making your first video, if you're going to just dive right in, it should be answering a question you've gotten 10 times. Because if you've gotten it 10 times, it's been Googled a million. Yeah, I suppose it's just remember not to take for granted that the stuff you know and the stuff you you kind of think, well, everyone knows that. Or like you said, 
there's a million other places out there where that's entered. You know, for us, it's which membership plugin should we use? Mm. Guaranteed. Anybody thinking about or creating a membership site, they ask which membership plugin they create. Mm-hmm. And the content we've created around that is by far the most popular content we've got. It's our best opt-in mm. and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's remembering some people are at that first stage of what they're doing. Yeah, and and just and just own it. it own it because if you are going so far to to listen to us in this moment, or go and research something, or go and read a book, because you feel that you not only have the ability, but the skills and the knowledge base to be an authority, then you have to be okay with answering some questions that might just feel a little entry level and Googleable and own it and say, you should hear my answer. You could hear everyone else's answer, but you should hear my answer. And that's what makes you start to stand out. Unfortunately, in this world of social media, sometimes the loudest people win. And I want you to be loud. You don't have to be the loudest, but if your quality is there and you are there for your community, which means answering those questions and then letting your light shine a little bit and not being afraid of that, that's how you build authority. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely a concern that you see around. Um, you know, we're talking about people having that concern of their topic not being interesting enough, but I think people worry they're not interesting enough or they compare themselves mm. to you know those over the top really really loud yeah very present very noticeable people and they don't quite know how to come up against that especially in a visual medium because you know if somebody's big and brash and loud and bold then there's only so much of that you can get out in the written content so if you go on head to head with somebody for written content you can kind of all you can fend that off but mm-hmm. if you go on head to head with somebody who is is really larger than life on video and in visual content how do you uh, how do you kind of get out of their shadow or, or stand out amongst all the noise that they're making mm-hmm. well and i just think when we start to ask these questions it's it's more of a lack of confidence in yeah. ourselves than it is uh, anybody uh, believing in or 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 thinking there's an enormous amount of ego someplace else, and I think it's got everything to do with you. I I had the great pleasure of being a witness to an interview at VaynerMedia uh, between my friend uh, Vincenzo Landino and my friend Gary Vaynerchuk, and they were speaking, and Vinny had a really great moment, uh, which. He he got vulnerable at the end and just said, you know, how do you not let your buddies Zucks and Sokka and and <laughs> Travis from Uber, how do you not let their success bog you down? And the gist of it was he, he made this amazing analogy about, you know, just build the tallest building and you can do that without knocking down others' buildings. But the biggest thing was that he said, I don't believe my success has anything to do with anyone else. Yes, we need people, but if we're constantly comparing ourselves to others when they're not comparing themselves to us most of the time, I mean, there could be the small occasion where you really do have a competitor and that's a real thing. You look at each other, but the bottom line is this, they do not actually affect whether you are a success or not. So to 
overconsider everyone else is a detriment to you and your mindset and your ability to become an authority confidently because it's just going to keep you so distracted. And I see this too often, especially in uh, young business owners and the craziness of social media and constantly people are just saying the best thing that's happening to them all day and not the worst thing. And that's okay because that's their decision. It's their social media policy. We don't make it. They do. And they're going to follow through on that. So you should have yours as well. And that means sharing your wins and letting your community know that you're doing well and that you can stand out and that you know your stuff and that no one else's success has anything to do with you. You can absolutely have your amazing people around you and have them lift you up. And that's what's so amazing about a membership group. But you are really the reason you're going to become a success. End of story. So focusing on that, considering others, but really focusing on how you're doing it for yourself and not letting things bog you down like that. That's what's going to help you get to the next level. That's what's going to make you say, every day I'm going to press on and press on and take the next step and do the next thing. And it's a little hamster wheel and then it's a little bit big picture and you just keep going. If you pay too much attention outside of the blinders that you should have on, then you will slow yourself down. I love that. And I'm a big, big fan of, I think it was Kevin Kelly, who, who talked about having your 1000 true fans. Mm, I and I think that. that, yeah. And, and when you, when you start to put things into that sort of context, mm-hmm. then there's a lot of room for a lot of people to have their own little group and their own little slice of the pie without ever needing to, to pay attention yes. to what each other's doing. Absolutely. Love that. So you mentioned membership sites there, and obviously most of our audience have either got a membership site or they're thinking about creating one. And so for a lot of them, they'll be creating video courses, live training webinars, and so on. So there's a lot of video involved. Mm -hmm. Now, in a lot of cases, they'll just be screencasts, so demos or walkthroughs, slideshow presentations, that sort of stuff. What can can those guys do to spice that up, kind of implementing the sort of stuff they would do you know, on the marketing side? How can they apply that to the product side of things when it comes to video? I will first give an example of screencast. I, I don't do full-time screencast video, and yet mm. the most viewed video on my channel is screencast. I never talk about this, so this is kind of fun. And uh. it is uh, a tutorial I did because I was trying to figure out how to embed a YouTube video into a PowerPoint presentation and every single YouTube tutorial sucked. So when I finally figured out how to do it, I made one myself, which is what you do when you make good content. You can't find something you can, and you and your expertise, you can fill that hole. It's a great way to create content. And it is fast, fast rising on my channel gets incredible views. And I'm thinking, gosh, all these people embedding YouTube videos in their PowerPoint presentations. (laughs) This is amazing. So what I would say is this, like I said, screencast is not my full time, but the reason why I think that video does the job is one, just because you're screencasting doesn't mean you're relying on your screencasting. And what I mean by that is you can see, search YouTube, they're buku. 
how many screencast videos go on for 25 minutes or something? Yeah. And they just drone on and on. And someone's like, hello, thanks for watching. And it's just their voice and their desktop. And it's just nutty. And I know that that's not going to be the intention of the audience here. But what I'm saying is when you rely too much on the screencast of the screen, then you may allow yourself to go on too long. And if your tutorial is efficient, it will not take any extra minute than needed. That being said, the extra time needed should be to enhance the relationship with the viewer, which is why the other reason why my video does really well is it doesn't rely on the screencast so much that, uh, of course, in true savvy, sexy social fashion, you see my face first. Now, this can be a, a number of different things for screencasters, but I sit in front of a camera to film that. I don't film that. I don't sit in front of my webcam to film that while the screen is also on the screen with my face. It's just my face. And I think that those people who do screencast videos get a tiny bit lazy in their editing and their production because they know that the purpose of the video is simply the, the tutorial or the walkthrough and... Uh, People want to see your face, even if it's for five seconds. Can you imagine if, if you, all you have to do is sit down and do five screencast videos, and that's probably going to take uh, a decent number of hours. If it's another 30 minutes or less to sit in front of a camera and film intros and outros for those screencast videos, you just increased the value and the quality of those videos 300% minimum yeah. because you took a moment to say, hello, like that's all I want. And then I want the call to action at the end to be very compelling. It is not going to be compelling if there is no face, period. So that would be my advice. And that's that that speaks from experience. And I just think a lot of screencasters just get a little lazy. That's all. And, and it's okay because we just get into a flow. But really yeah. jazz it up because something small like that, screencasters aren't doing it. And you can really, really upgrade. But that no matter what the video is, do not discount the importance of your face from the moment the play button is clicked. Because a lot of other videos, which may be video only and not screencast, they'll put a 30-second title sequence in with their brand name floating on a beach somewhere with fancy graphics <laughs> and fun music. And it's not connecting with me. I need to see yeah. your face immediately. I need to know you're about to come through for me. Yeah, and that uh, the the little brand intro and stuff like that that I think most people order on Fiverr.com. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're watching a course with thirty or forty lessons and they're oh, three God, or four, it's exhausting. Yeah, and you end up having about twenty five percent of each of the videos being that brand. Right, uh, I did so. That's Lots of fun. Worthless. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of memberships, you of course have your own membership community. I always like having guests on who have a membership as well mm -hmm. because you get to feel our pain too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's at socialauthoritymembership.com. Tell us a little bit about what you got going on there. What social authority is, is it's really, uh, you know, we just talked about a thousand true fans. This is where mm. people who truly want to work with me go. And, that's because I've done an incredible job of targeting a small business and a getting started business with my YouTube channel content, but they may not be at a point where they can really work with me on a coaching consulting basis. That, that, that number, that budget is significantly different. And I think that they're actually better off to surround themselves with people that are not only going what they're going through, but may have done something that they need to know about to avoid a failure. I really just wanted to get people who 
constantly wanted to work with me, but didn't have the ability to actually afford my time to have a place to go and be better yeah. for it. And that's really the, the entirety of it. And the reason it's called social authority is because it can, you can be using video or not be using video, but it's not just about the video. It's about how you're creating content and building authority for yourself. And social is a part of that, whether it's social video or a social network or social streaming or all of these things, how are they working together? And we really focus on, we've got all this cool social stuff going on. We're building authority. Now let's talk about how we break it down into the actual business, meaning where, you know, where is the lead funnel happening and how is your email list and how are you coaching your email list to get to know your social authority even better? So we really focus on that sort of stuff that actually starts to fuel numbers to the business in the membership group. Yeah, and I love that because I think so often people just get lost in content marketing or lost in just mm-hmm. doing social for the, for the sake of doing it and actually having the business side of things and knowing why you're doing this and how it all fits together and feeds into each other. Um, you know, the lack of that, I think, is is why so many people will kind of be all over social for a few months and then they disappear and you're like, did they die? Yeah. Did, <laughs> and it's just because they, they, they jumped into creating their videos or, you know, being on Twitter 24-7 and never actually... You know, had a plan to make that right. first dollar. Right. And yeah. and and the other funny thing is the business owners who are about to dive in and really want to do that. And I love just stopping them and just saying yeah. like, tell me, how do you want to dive in? And it's like every single social network. I'm like, how about we just do one? <laughs> and then also looking at their business plan because it's uh, to saying you have the ability to do just one, but not only that, Let's talk about your revenue model. Because uh, for instance, I spoke with somebody who previous to joining my membership group is a personal trainer and um, also does a little bit of group fitness, but a little group. Like the max she can have in her room is four or five people because of how she runs her space. That is right. not scalable. The max you can make per person is $15 an hour. And <sighs> and that's not scalable. So I'm telling you, you got to tweet and you got to create a lead magnet and you got to do all these things. Meanwhile, you're going to be literally busting your butt in your fitness studio and slowly growing online. Let's talk about how you can build another revenue model online so that all of these things start to help each other. And that completely changed her business. That was an hour and a half long conversation that we had because it was a consult that came with her membership. And that that's it. Now she had a clear plan. She understood the vision. She's in a group of people that can help her start to see that side a little bit better and execute better. And, and now she's actually looking at things like Facebook ads and her list grew three times the size, you know, six months before the goal. And that yeah. that's really exciting stuff that people don't get to hear me talk about very much because when you consider my top of funnel, I have to tell you how to get more Twitter followers because yeah. that's how I get you in search. So I just, I love the membership group because it's a very different territory and it's for businesses that understand social is important, but it's a feature of a much bigger vision and making sure you have all those working parts in between for sure and obviously i I mean i'm guessing that a lot of the content that you've got in there within your membership it's going to be video right oh absolutely yeah (laughs) yeah there's a lot of video (laughs) so how how does your approach change uh between creating videos for your top of funnel and creating product videos do you have a a different way of, of tackling it or is it 
pretty much much of a muchness. Uh, I think the only big, big difference is um, everything has its own different kind of focus. So a focus of, of a content marketing video on YouTube is going to have a different kind of focus than a product video because a product video is probably going to have, I have to, I have to really over deliver on that. Whereas on YouTube, I, I don't need to under deliver, but I need to be real quick about it. So I think, uh, the speed at which I deliver information starts to slow down in a product video versus on YouTube, because I only get one shot to make a first impression on YouTube and people that are watching my product videos in a membership site or, or anywhere, they're in a different mindset when it comes to me. They already know who I am. They already trust me. So I can slow it down for them a little bit and say, you should be thinking about these things, you know, really refocus on this. Tutorials can be a little bit slower. So um, it's not, I I guess I'm not emphasizing speed so much as experience that Mm. you're just in a different mindset when you're talking to me in a product video versus when you're meeting me on YouTube. Yeah, and it's interesting when you say with YouTube of kind of you've you've just got that one shot to get into it. And I think that was Callie's biggest takeaway when she came to your session, Social Media Marketing mm-hmm. World, getting to the point mm-hmm. a lot quicker than 90% of people do when they create their YouTube videos. Right. Um, and it makes so much sense. And we're kind of trying to cut out that preamble of everything that we do now. Um, yeah, so yeah. that's going to be interesting for us. So I guess that's that's going to be one point for someone who's maybe already doing video marketing and they are just looking for ways to make their videos sharper and more effective. Are there any other kind of quick fixes or mistakes you see a lot of people making with their video marketing that just drive you crazy that they could sort out and make their videos a bit better? Yeah, I and and I talk a lot about this in the product I was referring to is called 30 Days to Better Vlogging. And I'm the type of person that um, the vlog is more than just sharing your life, in my opinion. A vlog is just like a blog. It's just video. So that's why I came out with this guide because I actually include my formula, which is what you're referring to, uh, where I do kind of break it down. Like when we're talking about the timing marker of your video, what should be happening throughout and that that big mistake, the, the couple that we talked about is the beginning, not having a face and yeah. the title sequence going too long. And the reason why you need to get to your point is the reality is on YouTube, you have about eight seconds before somebody decides, are they going to stay for the duration of the video or are they going to bail? And you need to have convinced them to stay by that eight second mark. And many don't. Many people have not even gotten into the meat of their content until about a minute in. And unfortunately, if they didn't skip ahead to see that and have perfect timing with their skipping to get what they wanted, they left and they found somebody else. So that is a big mistake. And so I wanted to put a number on it more than anything because I think it's to the same point but that you need to not only speed up, but literally you need to speed up because you have, <laughs> you have to know that that is the moment. That's the moment. And you may not get them for the entirety of the video, but if they've gotten past the eight second mark and they're liking the way things are going, they're going to stay for the vast duration and they're going to be loyal viewers. They're, they're going to subscribe. And that's what we need. We need people that are going to come back, not just stumble yeah. upon us in search, get their answer and leave. And I mean, that's got to be even a bigger priority now that you obviously have pre-roll YouTube ads. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time, by the time someone gets to your content, they've already had to say That's right. 
through 30 seconds of, of a, a car advert or something That's like right. that. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, Definitely. very important. So tell me a bit more about the 30 days to better vlogging. Is this, this is brand new, is it? It is. Yeah, actually, uh, just, just came out with it and it was my way of offering something because like I said, I, I have an incredible audience on YouTube. Many of them, though, have never even considered having a business plan until I brought it to their attention. A lot of people just want to create video for fun. And it's more accessible than ever. So it makes a lot of sense. And video blogging specifically. So I just wanted to put any information I could to make video better in the lives of my viewers in something very accessible. So it's a $30 guide. If it could be an ebook, it'd be an ebook. But you know, I didn't think it made any sense to do an ebook for a video guide. Um, So it's really cool. It's just like a nice little drip campaign of, hey, here's what you can do to get better today. It's not it's it's kind of a getting started guide, but it's not walking you through getting started. It's just saying, pick up the camera and talk to it. But here are some things to, to make it a little bit better. And uh, the community is already up to about 700 people now, which is so cool because it's just this free place where people can hang out if they're interested in the guide and ask questions about camera or stage fright or uh, SEO or any of those things. So it's been a really cool experience because I'm having a connection with viewers I never would have before because a three-figure, four-figure, five-figure decision would never even come into their lives. But a $30 guide was really all they needed for the life that they live and how video applies to it. So um, it's pretty cool to see what's happening with that. And I think, you know, considering a lot of people, when they make the decision they're going to do video marketing, they'll go out and they'll spend Right, six hundred, seven hundred dollars on a swanky new Canon, and they'll buy the, all the lights and they'll buy the tripod and all that sort of stuff, and never use them because they don't get that initial momentum. Exactly. So, you know, if it if all it's going to take is what thirty dollars to actually just give them that little nudge and that start off, then it's far better than wasting thousands of dollars on all sorts of kit that's just going to gather dust. Absolutely, and to make this more of a, a teachable moment for those with a membership group. Uh, the actual guide lives on socialauthoritymembership.com. It doesn't yeah. live on savvysexysocial.com. And the interesting thing about that is now, although it may sound like, oh, she's she just created a $30 guide for just anybody, you know, like that doesn't sound very targeted. But what <laughs> it's doing is it's introducing people who never would have gone to socialauthoritymembership.com um, a chance to go there. And for those people that, you know, believe in my message, have been following my instructions, via YouTube for a long time, now have the guide, it's now bringing people to the membership group. So it's really cool because they're going to access their guide, but they're also seeing what's this other stuff over here that I don't have access to. And from a membership development perspective, it's been very cool. So something to think about there for yourself as well. Definitely, for sure. Now, before we wrap up, we touched on it once or twice uh, throughout the interview. I want to talk to you a little bit about live video. So we started out by talking about how people are kind of almost spoiled for choice. We've got a bit too much on our plate in terms of which channel do you go down for building authority. And now everyone's talking live video, Snapchat, Facebook Live, Blab. Uh, well, I was going to say Periscope, mm-hmm. but let's not mention that one. How big a deal is that going to be going forward? Is this a long-term thing or is it a flash in the pan? Where does it fit into the whole strategy for you? I think 
I think overall live video is extremely important. The question that I get most often is how is this affecting me? Like is YouTube dying or going away or whatever. Uh, But what's really interesting to me is I helped a friend make a video and he uploaded it to Facebook. And it was because that he went from live to suddenly produced video. Everybody was like, wow, this is really great video. Like it was this different thing. I think what's happening with live is only bringing more attention to video overall, which is important. I don't think it's a flash in the pan as much as I think it's just another way that video is going to be done now. And when mm. it's suitable to go live, it's then you will go live. And if it's something that you want to do more produced, you're going to do more produced. We just have more options and we have more options in our pocket. That's what's so cool about it. So I think it's important. And I, everybody knows a live format is good for business. That's why the salesman calls you and wants to get you on the phone. So I think live is extremely important. And I think it's a big part of my strategy, but it's also that a big part of my strategy doesn't necessarily mean I'm live every day. I think it means that I'm going to be live sometimes because it makes my experience with the end user even better and stronger, specifically Facebook, I, I I don't like Facebook. Like that's just a blanket statement. I don't like it. Yeah. But it's important. There's a lot of people on it and groups are where it's at. And with the live streaming in the groups, that's massive. Facebook groups are absolutely incredible for helping you in your business. If you do them right, you respect the audience respect the content and live streaming in a group is there is nothing better than that it's because it's so targeted i'm so i'm even more comfortable in live video in a facebook group than i am on my own brand page (laughs) yeah we're very very excited about broadcasting live into groups Mm -hmm. because we've got our um talkmemberships.com facebook group and you know just the ability even just to do a recap or a roundup or just to add that little extra element Mm -hmm. into that group that's very cool i'm kind of hoping that um facebook have something up their sleeve to almost compete with blab for that multi-person yeah uh video that yeah, especially with all the problems yeah. Blab's having this week. Uh, we've rescheduled our first ever Blab like five times oh, now. It's a I've, nightmare. I've literally heard that multiple times today. I guess I haven't been paying yeah. as much attention to it, but yeah, they are. They, something's yeah, happening Yeah, I think Mike, Michael Stelzner went in their group and basically tore them a new one. Uh. So uh, <laughs> that's a lot of fun. That's going to be fun when fun. I'm on the social media examiner show tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good luck with that. If it runs, yeah. We'll see. Amy, it's been so great having you on the show. Lots of value bombs. I had to get that in, trademark Chris Ducker. Love it. Uh, There we go. And before we go, can you remind our listeners where they can find and follow you, how they can get their hands on the 30 Days to Better Vlogging, what else you've got going on, how they can hook up with you. Absolutely. Uh, my home base is SavvySexySocial.com, but you can absolutely head to 30DaysToBetterVlogging.com for a fast track to that page. And to see how I'm doing things on the membership group, you can go to SocialAuthorityMembership.com. So sorry, too many URLs, but I wanted to make <laughs> sure you knew them all since we've been talking about membership. So Awesome. And all that good stuff, that'll be below this uh, recording and the show notes as well. Amy... Once again, thanks for joining us here on the Membership Guys podcast. Have an awesome day. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be checking out 30 Days to Better Vlogging before Callie runs up our Amazon bill with uh, 
<laughs> with God knows what. I don't even want to know oh, what a diva life well, is. I but. appreciate her so much for coming to my session. That was just that was a big keynote delivery for me. So thank you to her and thank you to you for your time, Mike. I really appreciate it. Thanks again to Amy Schmidtauer for taking the time out to appear on the Membership Guys podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview as much as I enjoyed doing it. And hopefully you got a lot of really good, actionable stuff from Amy's advice. You'll certainly be seeing a bunch of videos coming out from the Membership Guys. We've got big plans for making more out of our YouTube channel. And a lot of that comes on the back of Amy's advice and insight. That's it from today's episode. Thanks once again for downloading and for taking the time to join us for the show. I'll be back again very soon with more practical tips, tactics and tricks for growing a successful membership website. God, it's almost like I'd rehearsed that bit, isn't it? Thanks again. See you guys soon. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Membership Guys podcast, we invite you to check out the membersiteacademy.com. The Membersite Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Membersite Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discounts, perks and tools, and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement and advice, the Membersite Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow a successful membership website. So check it out at membersiteacademy.com.